We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hi there, friends. This is your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you are listening to Playbill Presents the Broadway Cast. The Broadway Cast is a weekly podcast that brings the pages of Playbill to life and delivers it directly to theater fans around the world. Every episode will feature Broadway news and exclusive stories from the most notable Broadway personalities. Additionally, the Broadway Cast will give a voice to fans like they've never had before. On today's show, we talk diversity with Ramin Karamloo, Saikon Sanglo, and Derek Williams. But before we get to them, we, of course, have to check in on the Playbill Pulse. And today, at long last, she's not in the studio over at Playbill. She's right here in person with me. Senior Features Editor, Ruthie Fearberg. Hi, Ruthie. Hi, Ben. Thank God. And we can touch each other at last. I know. It's so last. good to see your face. It's good to see your face. Okay, talk to me. What is hot this week. Okay, we're starting to ramp up to the fall season. So the terms of my surrender, Michael Moore's one-man extravaganza. Fascinating. Political drama began previews and opens this week, August 10th. And in more traditional theater, you know, we've got the first-timers and the old-timers with legendary Hal Prince. His Prince of Broadway began previews last week on Thursday and... I can't even describe my excitement over that one. This I cannot wait to see. This cast is unbelievable. Chuck Cooper, Emily Skinner, Karen Ziemba. Powerhouses. Yeah. Powerhouses. So who's been to Elsie Fest out there? Anybody? What is Elsie Fest? It's the music festival of Broadway. I mean, how cool is it to have so many pop stars and mainstream music folk have been coming to Broadway, whether it's, you know, in a composing form from Sarah Bareilles um, to Tran Anastasio. Right now, in- Ingrid Michaelson is on Broadway in Great Comet. And she is actually one of the performers at Elsie Fest upcoming. Darren Chris of Glee fame. Mm. Founded Elsie Fest a couple of years ago, um, and it changes location and just keeps getting bigger every year. So the first year it was over at the pier on the Hudson River. Last year it was on Coney Island. This year, Central Park Summer Stage, October 8th. So before it gets cold and right before Columbus Day. So hopefully you have the day off the next day so that you can party down (laughs) with all the Broadway stars. I am so there. Yeah, Leah Michelle, Alan Cumming, Darren Chris headlining 
a music fest for Broadway. Norm Lewis, maybe? Is he involved? Norm Lewis is also involved. Good call, Ben. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know what's up. You do. You do. And then, I mean, the world exploded. Harry Potter casting. You know, the production that's currently in two parts in London is coming over to Broadway at the Lyric Theater. It's going to open next April. So we have to wait until 2018, but tickets are on sale October. So mark your calendars because that's going to be a hot one to get. They should be pretty confident they can start selling tickets I think now. they can start selling tickets yeah. yesterday. But um, Noma Dumaswini, who originated the role of Hermione Granger and won an Olivier for it, is coming over. Jamie Parker, the Harry Potter, also an Olivier winner for the role, coming over. And Paul Thornley, who plays Ron Weasley, coming over. So our adult trio all coming over from London. Some of the kids are coming over. Additional casting to come. So we're going to find out what Americans are going to have to put on a British accent. But (laughs) for now, we've got some people transferring, which is exciting news. Honest to goodness, Hogwarts Brits. Exactly. And speaking of people originating roles... Over here in the U.S., Billy Porter, Stark Sands, coming back to Kinky Boots starting in September. What a beautiful homecoming that's going to be. I know. It's so exciting. I mean, when Billy Porter won that Tony, it was monumental. And so to have him stepping back in the boots of Lola, Uh it'll be thrilling. Speaking of original cast members, um, we got some news this week that Rodney Hicks, Broadway favorite. Original cast of Rent. Original cast of Rent. Original cast of Come From Away Mm -hmm. um, is actually going to be departing Come From Away due to a medical condition. He is no longer able to sing. And this is a fascinating condition. I had not heard of this before. What's it called? It's called spasmodic dysphonia. And he has been very open about it on social media and I think raising some great awareness actually about this affliction. But he is going to be leaving the cast of Come From Away. But do not worry. You have not proverbially heard the last of him because he has a project in development, um, a reading called NC-17. He's writing. He's creating. So we will hear more from Rodney Hicks, and we want to send our support out to him as well. We absolutely do. We hope that all of you listening will look for that name as he as he continues forward in his career. He's had such an amazing impact on Broadway, and uh, what a interesting Affliction that I had never heard of before. I know, to I know. lose your voice that way. Interesting. But there you go. But so. he's, done it, he's done it with such class and grace, and we will all be tuning in, Rodney. In a goodbye, not yet, but we now have fair warning that Bette Midler is leaving Hello, Dolly, January 14th. So Ooh. you have until the new year. I like that we're saying that like you could possibly get a ticket before January 14th, even if you wanted to. You can. But try. There's, there's better stuff starting in November. <laughs> so starting Great. November to January now, after people listen to this podcast, will then be sold out. There's just always so much Broadway news. It can be difficult to keep up. But we are here for you. So go to Playbill.com. Follow at Playbill on Twitter. We are constantly tweeting out all of the news and the interviews of the day so you can get all of these stories. That's just one click away. And if you want to keep up with every single episode of Playbill Presents the Broadway cast, you can do that on Playbill.com at www.playbill.com slash the Broadway cast. So let's go for it, friends. Let's get on with the show. Give my regards to Broadway. A lullaby of Broadway. 
There's a kid in the middle of nowhere who's sitting there living for Tony performances, singing and flipping along with the Pippins and Wiggins and Kinkies, Matildas and Mormonses. So we might reassure that kid and do something to spur that kid, because I promise you all of us up here tonight, we were that kid and now we're back. Hello, you magnificent Broadway devotees. It's your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you are listening to Playbill Presents the Broadway Cast. We're recording live in Times Square, and on this week's episode, we have a stellar panel of stars who have come together to chat about all things Broadway, and specifically issues of diversity on Broadway. So let's begin. Seated right next to me, she's the luminous star of Aida, Wicked, The Color Purple, Motown, Hair, Fela, Holler If You Hear Me. She won a Drama Desk Award and received a Tony Award nomination for Best Featured Actress in a Play for Eclipsed. You can currently see her as Angela Webster on ABC Scandal. Hello to Seikon Sangblo. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Seikon, I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for having we, me. We go way back. Yes. We go back to the Aida days, Aida days. and the Wicked days. Yes. How's it been, uh, this experience on Scandal on ABC? Oh, Scandal is big. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty big. It's, it's been amazing. I um, When I auditioned, I didn't realize fully what my character was going to be doing until I was on the plane on my way out to L.A. My script was a little falsified. Which is great. I get it. It keeps it safe. Yeah. And by the time I got the real script, I was like, oh, oh. you know, so it's it really exciting. <laughs> I think that's the only way to respond to scandal. I think the <laughs> response is, oh, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, oh, oh. Even the audition is a scandal. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, yes. so it would seem. Yeah. Seated next to Seikon, you know him from Star Turns in Phantom of the Opera, starred as Jean Valjean in Les Miserables in the recent Broadway revival. He's the originator of the role of the Phantom in Love Never Dies, and he's the current star of Anastasia on Broadway. Let's say hello to Ramin Karamlu. Hello. Yay. How you doing? Ramin. Congratulations on the success of Anastasia. Thank you very much. It's gone on to be a super big hit. People are loving it. Yeah, it's nonstop every night. It feels like yeah. a big rock concert, oddly enough. What are some of the fan uh, experiences that you've had? It's great. You know, stage doors like I've never seen before. Um, you know, they send in their artwork. Some of it's pretty extraordinary, actually. Yeah, did I they send this you? painting recently. It's on this parchment oil painting. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm going to get that professionally framed. It's that yes. good. And rounding out our panel today, he currently stars in the Book of Mormon on Broadway. He's also starred in Wicked, The Lion King, Aida, and Swing. This is my good friend who looks very snazzy today. <laughs> Derek Williams is here. Hello, hello, hello. Good to be here. Um, you look so snazzy. Now, can, why do you look so snazzy today, I wonder? You know, I had a little callback today, a little what final callback call or something. For? I had a little callback for the old dream girls that's coming. So, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that, if that doesn't send a chill down your spine in a really good way, <laughs> dream girls is coming. Um, so before we jump into the conversations of just about your careers in general and, and specifically about how the issues of diversity have affected your careers on Broadway or how you feel about those issues, we like to have a little bit of fun. So we're going to start off with a game. That we like to call <laughs> Name That Musical. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> you were expecting something much wittier, but it is indeed Name That Musical. Here's how it's going to work we're going to test your musical theater geekdom. I'm going to read a series of clues, one at a time, that will lead you to a specific musical. The first person to name that musical in the least amount of clues gets the point. The point means nothing. Uh, <laughs> sounds so like my now, kind of musical theater game. <laughs> yeah, it sounds exactly like a musical theater game. So I'm sure you're very excited to play. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do we it. begin. Let's name that musical. <clears throat> a nightmare. Next clue. A U.S. gun. Miss Saigon. Bam! Ramin Karamlu is on the board with I one point. I can't believe I got it. To be honest, I, I was in it. I believe in yourself. You were in it. You toured with it. <laughs> yeah. 
Moving on next. Three different facets of society. Hmm. I see thought bubbles occurring above all of your heads. A syncopated rhythm. Oh. High society? No. Very good guess. A mistaken would-be assassin. Final clue. Oh, I know what it is. Do you, Ramin? I, f- I think so, but... Do you want the last clue? Trust yourself, Ramin. The title's gone. Carry on. <laughs> and the final clue... <laughs> the final clue is... Wheels of a Dream. Ragtime. <laughs> oh, that's three. Didn't you do ragtime? The three, yeah. yeah. The, the immigrants and the, the yeah. white people and the black people, yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? I'm embarrassed to say it now. <laughs> I'm dying to know. Anything goes. <laughs> oh, was, fantastic. I was about to say different on classes island, on the but then I was like, I think there's sure. only two classes yeah, I think there's on, only two. on this island. I don't know about you guys, but I'm having a very good time. <laughs> yeah. All right, next one. Four gods. Once on this island. No, that's not true. Bam. Oh, that was it? absolutely right. Well, look at you, Mr. One Clue Williams. That's what I call you. Our other clues were a tree. Oh, yeah. A stranger in white in a car. Yeah, Who doesn't love that? It's coming yes. back. It is coming. It's coming. Oh, come the Lashans. Yes. All right, next one. Oh, a quartet. Hmm. A side story. Jersey Boys. No. Smoky no. Joe's. Nope. All good guesses. All viable oh, choices. I know the one. Silver shoes. The one with Elvis in them. The Wizard of Oz. No. Oh, Million yeah. Dollar Quartet. Wicked. Ease on down. The Wiz. It's the Wiz. Uh, it's the Wiz. The quartet okay. being Dorothy, Tin Man, Lion, yes, Scarecrow. Yes, 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 yes. All right. What's next clue. What's wrong with Elvis? All shook up. No, not that one. The Wait, how many one. points do I have? Oh, you're thinking of Million Dollar Quartet. <laughs> yes. Is what you're thinking of. And Derek, you have 19,000 points. I'm going to win this. I'm telling you I'm going to win. If you reach 20,000 points today, <laughs> you get a free meal at the Equity Lounge. I, was, <laughs> I can't wait. I love those. <laughs> Which is, it's a Lunchable and a pat on the bum. All right. <laughs> Next up, when the sun goes down, I don't know why I said it like that, down, a lottery ticket, 96,000. Más palabras, por favor. Hmm. More words, please. More words, please. Nine, um, sun goes down, 96,000. Usnavi. <gasps> in the Heights. That's correct. And oh. then I'm speaking in Spanish. How crazy is that? I know. All right. Only a couple more. Clues. Integration. Council members. What council? Council members. Oh, council. Good morning. Hairspray. It's hairspray. Robin oh. blew up to three points. Well, that was worth twenty six thousand. That was it's worth ninety six thousand. That was well done. Um, that was, that totally was way off that in my head. Name that musical. Uh, Yay! Oh, so much fun. A round of applause. So much fun. I'm very impressed. Now I hope my my hope is that uh, all of you who are listening played along as well, and we want you to tweet us at the Broadway Cast and tell us how you did. On your name, that musical. All right, guys. Mm. Uh, we like to start at the very beginning. Um, and specifically today, I want to talk start about... The very beginning. You have to sing it. A very good place to start. <laughs> That's from The Sound of Music, Derek. Um, <laughs> hey, I got two right. Yeah. <laughs> 26,000 points. Um, so I just want to get... I want to learn from you guys kind of uh, what were the first moments that you looked on a stage or on a screen uh, in a musical performance and saw somebody said, hey... That person's like me. I want to do that. Derek, you're inhaling. Do you want to start us off? Uh, it's a good question, honestly. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, you know, I, I kind of got into it at a young age because I was uh, pretty quiet. Imagine that. And uh, I so, can't. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what everyone says. But I was just always with my mom and just didn't say too much. And she put me, you know, into this kind of performing arts thing that this lady, um, Marjorie Day Walker, she started this group called Center Stage. And uh, she kind of 
you know, would drive around her station wagon and pick us up, and she would teach she'd teach us the arts. Uh, so I did that for so long. So, but the first time I actually really came, went somewhere and saw a musical, and I was inspired. And honestly, this was um, was Smokey Joe's Cafe, and which wow. wasn't that long. So I was I was. I was a young adult. I was probably like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And uh, I saw the show and thinking, I can do this. And I walked out of there going, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the show. And I did the tour, uh, I think, two years later. That's amazing. I love those full circle moments. Romain, how about you? It was a trip to see Phantom of the Opera. I didn't want to go. And uh, Why didn't you want to go, Romain? Because I was... Look, you're talking to a guy I've still never seen Sound of Music, Wizard of Oz. So I've only, I only know theater from what I've done. And I, I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. I of wanted course. to be an actor. I wanted to be in bands. And I saw Phantom, and I thought that looks cool. And Calm Wilkinson was the Phantom. He had the coolest voice. Uh-huh. And I didn't. I liked that untrained sound. I was like, well, maybe I can do that. I remember my friend ribbing me a bit because I was playing hockey. I was getting in the fights. You know, I was, <laughs> were I, you? Were you? I was the enforcer on the team. And the reason <laughs> I got more into acting, I got suspended for fighting for a year, so I <laughs> took up life. acting. Oh my gosh! I thought fighting was legal. What the heck? Well, not at that age, and I don't recommend it to anyone listening. Do not get in trouble. So then at 16, I remember I I I was talking to my buddy Scott about Phantom, and he was ribbing me a bit. I said, I bet you'll become the Phantom. And I I made a specific bet. I said, I bet you'll be the youngest Phantom. And I don't know why I said that, but I remember when I saw it, I'm like, I wonder what it'd be like if he was a young person sing you know playing that part and how would that change the dynamics? I don't know why I had that thought. And at 26, I phoned up Scott, and I said, hey, guess what? At and I became the Phantom, you know. Wow. At 26 years old. I want to go back to something you That's said amazing. earlier about Colm Wilkinson. And you said you kind of love that untrained sound. And tell me a little bit about your vocal training. Well, I've had none. <laughs> I'm setting you As up you exactly. can hear in the raspiness <laughs> of my voice, I've had none. But um, I remember just uh, after seeing Phantom, and I didn't know anything about stage dooring and stuff like that. And I remember walking one day by the alley in Toronto at the Pantages, and they said stage door. And I looked down, and I thought, oh, that's Colm. Uh-huh. So I went up to him, and I was about you know, 15. I said, I want to do what you do. How do you do it? He goes, oh, I don't know. I was in rock bands, and he was really cool. And I said, rock bands. I'll go join. And I want to be in bands. I like rock. But for me, it was more bluegrass, country music, folk. And so I just, whatever he did, I did. And then I, I love that. That's what I always tried to do is whatever the people I respected, whatever they did, I did. Pacino talked about Uta Hagen, so I'd go to the library, mm-hmm. get books on Uta Hagen. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel talked Strasburg. I got books on Strasburg. Yeah. Calm talk rock bands. I went and did rock bands. And, and that's such a specific arc and such yeah, a journey that yeah. you followed so beautifully into that. And 26 years old, that's insane. It was great. But I remember thinking, now what? Uh-huh. <laughs> what where do you go? Like, I, remember that, I remember that feeling, too. Because I just thought, what yeah, yeah. I, that was such the one goal. And I thought, I do want to be an actor, right? It is ju- not just about this. And then, thankfully, it hasn't been. And yeah. it's not, you know. Yeah. But I'm very grateful. I love that. Saikon, what do you remember? Seeing that, that that sparked the bug inside of you. Um, I want to say two things. Being at home, and when we first got our first VCR, <laughs> we, <laughs> we were like, "For you millennials, a VCR is an archaic piece of electronic <laughs> equipment where you would put a VHS tape that had ribbons inside of it, and you would try to record the Disney Sunday Night movie and hope for the best <laughs> with all the commercials." So we got a VCR, and we had this tape. I can't remember which movie it was. I think it was either. Today, yesterday, tomorrow. It was starring Sophia Loren. Oh. And it was in Italian. It was the only tape we had that we owned initially because we would just go to Blockbuster. 
and I would put this tape for in. For millennials, blockbuster videos <laughs> a place that you would go to on I'm weekends after getting a pizza <laughs> and stroll through a bunch we of laminated placards. Yes, get candy. You could take home for a little time. You take the movie home for like three, four days, and That's then yes. So okay, we had sorry, we had ahead. one we had like one tape for the first like month that we had the VCR. We had one VCR tape, and it had Sophia Loren in it, and I just thought she was amazing, and I was like, oh. I want to be her with the heaving bosoms and the, you know. So there was that. And then around that time, I want to say Janet Jackson's Control album was coming out around that time. And there she was with that big old frizzy hair and dancing and like killing it. So I would be in the basement like making fake music videos and like dancing and just. Oh, and then and I'm going to round it off with not just two, but three. And my mom took me to see Alvin Ailey. Oh, my goodness. So when I saw the Alvin Ailey group come to Atlanta uh, this is where I grew up. Shout, shout out to College Park, Atlanta. Um, my mom Sub took College me. Park. Yes, College Park, College Park. My mom took me to see Alvin Ailey, and I came home and tried to do Revelations all by myself with my little leotard on. And yeah, so I want to say those three things. One gave me like sort of the 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 glamour uh, desire to be you know glamorous and vivacious. The other just I loved dance. I'm I'm nobody knows me as a dancer at all, but I love dance. I love mm-hmm. music. I'm, I'm I love the visual of dance and movement. And then Janet Jackson, I, I I would always be in the basement singing her songs and you know trying to do her steps. So what was the moment for you too? I'm curious. When was the moment that you knew that you had a special voice? that you knew that you could really, really sing? I feel like somewhere around, before I was singing in front of like groups or doing like chorus and stuff like that in school, um, it was um, like seriously being uh, in the basement doing, like singing these songs. Because sometimes my cousins and I, we would do like little, you know, we'd sing or whatever. And I just remember everybody being like, when it was my turn. And I was like, I must be, I must be doing this really well. You know what I mean? Um, But it wasn't until, uh, uh, I, I may have been like, 10 then but by the time I was about 12 or 13 and I and I joined the chorus in school and had my first solo which was how do I say goodbye by boys to men and like way too deep a key um <laughs> like in in Wanye's key but um oh, that which made is very me, high be for like, me. <laughs> I was like I think I can do this this singing thing it's like I'm really good at this you know yeah and for all of you, so once you kind of got that bug, what were the steps and kind of the great moments on your way to making it to the Broadway stage? See, uh, for me, it was, uh, I, I lived in, you know, I'm from Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia. Um, shout out to VA, two up, two down. <laughs> I don't even know but, what um, that means, but it sounds we, exciting. <laughs> um, but, you know, before, before that, I was working at Bush Gardens, uh, Williamsburg, and doing shows there. And, and a lot of times, uh, the cast on the, t- on the days off, they would go up and drive up to um, New York and audition. You know, I just started taking trips with them, and then I started doing trips on my own. You know, I had a car, and I would uh, see something that I thought I could do, and and I would just get in my car and drive. And w- one of the things I saw, I would look at backstage, and uh, people probably I don't know if they, I don't know if kids still do that, but you know, look at that backstage, and you know, we had to find it because it wasn't like online; you can get online, or yeah. you know, you had to find get that paper. Get the paper. <laughs> so walk outside. Oh, you had to walk outside and like or get it delivered, kids. or somehow Free figure internet. it out. I asked someone, so uh, I was I saw Smoker Joe's, and I'm like, I'm going to go audition for this, and um, drove up there like seven hours at night after I work, and and got there in the morning, and probably slept on a friend's couch, and auditioned and got it, you know, and that's mm. that's really how it worked for me. I mean, I, I my first few jobs, I would travel to New York, audition, get it, do it for the couple months or whatever, how long, ever long it was, and, and then drive back home, and then Smoky Joe's was kind of the first time 
where I actually uh, did the job. It was long, you know, it was like a year, a, a big contract, if you will. Uh, before that, it was like a dinner theater in uh, Akron. It was a carousel dinner theater. Oh, you did, bet. I did that. And that was like three <laughs> months. And um, did, Ni- did Jesus Christ Superstar in Nyack with Billy Port and Emily Skinner. I remember that, that production. Yeah, that was great. And, um, <clears throat> and after that is when I got Smokey Joe's. Yeah. Mm. And that's when I kind of, you know, decided, you know, this is, I'm going to stay here and, and give this a go. Yeah. What did you do in Superstar? I was the third person from the left. No, I was. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, never heard yeah that I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was kind of my first big thing in New York, uh, even though it was in Nyack. It was just my first, uh, first big one. I mean, there were some heavy hitters in there, and I couldn't yeah. believe the voices around me. And people, yeah. I mean, these kids could blow, and I was just so happy to be a part of it. And uh, I covered Peter. Um, and actually, a guy, a guy that I'm in the show with now, uh, Darius, he actually, uh, I covered him. Yeah, funny, funny enough, and we talk about it all the time. But it was great. It was a great piece. I mean, I really think that had a lot to do with it coming back because there was there were talks of a superstar coming back, and they liked our idea, and then it yeah. kind of worked out, and then somehow uh, you know it changed, and they went, you know they still did it, but it, they didn't really do our piece or our idea, but right. they, they they did bring it back. But I think we had a lot to do with that, honestly, Amazing. in coming back because it was a great performance. It was it took place in uh, so it took place in it. South Africa. Mm. It was that whole thing, and it mm. was it was it was done really really well, really well. Uh, Rami, in your kind of your meteoric rise to to success in this, you took you overseas to Britain, and uh-huh. yeah, before you made it here, just talk us through that. Well, I was working in Toronto as a cook and dishwasher, making you money. Really? Yeah, and I remember working at the backstop in Richmond, Ontario, and I'd be singing all the time. Not because I thought I was a good singer, and I don't. Th- think of myself as a good singer I i'm here to tell you singing. you're a very good singer Robbie. look the way i kept singing was people kept showing up so i was like well if they keep showing up i'm gonna keep singing it's a good barometer you know because i you know i grew up listening to you know the tragically ray charles tracy chapman johnny cash i think they just tell stories it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how they sound yeah and then anyways i started working on a cruise ship and then someone on the cruise ship who was like the guest entertainer was giving me grief about oh you never your voice will never last you gotta take training and at that point I, you know, I'm like, who taught Ray Charles how to sing? Who taught yeah. Calm? You know, you sing from the heart. Yeah. If you train, great. There's there's different roads you can take. Mm-hmm. And because he had done West End, I thought, well, if he can do it there, I can do it. So I packed my bags. I moved to England. So you went there without a, a job in place at that stage of the game? Without anything. Just wow. a credit card. And I <laughs> ended up with a job and a beautiful wife. And uh-huh. <laughs> great, that's the great. best part of it all, you know. Yeah. But working on the cruise ship, I learned a lot about musicals because I didn't know what I was doing. And I auditioned in Toronto. They phoned me up and they said, you're flying to England to rehearse. I said, okay. I didn't know I got the job. And two days later, I was leaving. So oh, I ended Moses. up in Brighton. I'm at this hotel. And they're like, okay, on this ship is these people. On this ship, lead singers, Anthony, to do dancers, Kevin and Ramin. I went, what? Dancers? What? <laughs> I'm not even dance. We're all dancers here. <laughs> but in the audition, we had to pick up moves. And I just looked at this one guy. who th- I thought, he looks cool. I'll just copy what he does. So I copied him in the style as best I could. In my head, I was really good. Yeah. But who knows how it actually looked. You got the job. Well, you got the job, so it looked pretty yeah, good. But then, <laughs> then we're doing the rehearsals, and they go, okay, Remy and Kevin can do a double pirouette. I remember looking at Kevin going, what's a double pirouette? He goes, turn twice. I said, okay. Great, on it. But after two weeks, the singer dropped out, and he goes, Ramin, do you fancy taking over the lead singer part? I said, you get a bit more money. I said, what about the dancing? They said, there's no dancing. I said, hook me up. I'm <laughs> That's I the love, one. I like, I'm, 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 I'm very taken with you just kind of looking at things and going, I think that I shall do that. Yes. And yeah. I shall do that. That's super impressive. But I remember like when he said yeah. dancer number two, I mean, I was, my stomach dropped. I'm like, Ugh. how am I going to do this? You're like, okay. Mine just dropped Did, for you. I, I, yeah. When people throw things on you, it's like. But the day they gave me that job, the next day was a tap section we were supposed to learn. 
Thank God. I would have been a fire hazard. (laughs) (laughs) The ship would have gone down. No way. This is not happening. You're like, I can clap. (laughs) How long long after this did did you become the Phantom at 26? Four years. Okay. Because my first job, I got as Raoul in Phantom. Right. After uh, Pirates of Penzance. Uh Uh-huh. And then just moved from there. And then when I did Miss Saigon, as the show was ending, Cameron McIntosh came in the room. He goes, what do you want to do next? I said... I want crack a phantom. He goes, aren't you young? I said, yeah, but I have an idea of what I want to do. Like, I have a bet going on this that I yeah. have to cash in on. We're running so. out of time, too. Yeah. So nice. I told in. him by this time. Hey, Cameron, hook me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a week later, I get the music mailed to me, and he goes, let's see what you can do. Kind of come workshop. Yeah. yeah. And that was that. That's great. And the rest, is, the rest is, as they say, theater history. Yeah, I was very lucky. It happened very quick. But well, fortunate. It's, it's very, very well deserved. What drove you all the way to the big Broadway stage, Saycon? Oh, um, I was a big... I became a big um, theater kid doing original musicals with the Freddie Hendricks Youth Ensemble of Atlanta. Okay. And then I started doing theater in Atlanta. I was doing at the Alliance Theater where Kenny Leon at the time was the artistic director Mm -hmm. and Jumanji Productions and all these different things. And eventually um, a friend of mine, um, Christine Horn, she um, was a wonderful actress and singer. She's like, let's go out. For um, this show, Rent, they're coming here and they're going to they're gonna audition people. And there was a radio thing. And she was like, let's go. So we went and um, I ended up getting a call back for Mimi in the yeah. national tour of Rent. And um, I didn't get it at that time. And eventually, every time they came back, I would audition. So I auditioned for Rent maybe about six times. And then finally... That was the way they did that. That's, yeah. 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 That's what they Rent, did Yeah, they, were, they would see you a bunch of times. So on, I want to say the, six, the seventh time or so, they said, hey, they want to fly me to New York. And, no, they wanted me to fly to New York. So I flew myself to New York. <laughs> said, well, my, shout out to my brother. He, he got me a ticket and I stayed on a friend's couch and auditioned. And I remember it was the day before my birthday. And um, that morning, I found out I got the part and I was flying back to uh, to Atlanta. But what's funny is I th- I was auditioning to be like the cover, like the Joanne Mimi women cover. Yeah. And they were like, no, you got the part. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be the cover. And, the understand. and they were like, no, 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 you're going to be Mimi. I was like, yeah. what? So that was really exciting because um, I think I didn't necessarily look like the traditional Mimis that had been cast before. Um, yeah. I was probably like 20 pounds heavier, a little more chocolatey, you know, so. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll break some, break a little ground here, you know. Yeah. So, um, and all three of you have done that in in certain respects throughout your careers, which I find really exciting. And I want to talk about that. I want to ask you quickly, as you guys did make your road to Broadway, what was the experience for each of you the first time you opened up a playbill and saw your name in there? Does that does that take something that's that's a dream up here and put it in concrete form? Saycon? I think so. Absolutely. The, I w- I'm going to say even with the tour, the Rent tour, Rent, famously, people who love the show know that there was like this little diagram, this diagram about who Mimi is to Roger and who Benny is to, you mm-hmm. know, and seeing myself not just in the playbill, in the regular, the bios, but on that little chart, that little Rent chart about Mimi. I was like, oh, Mimi. You know, that was <laughs> very exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. I collected them as as a kid, especially the Phantom stuff. But I remember seeing on the front of theater the big picture of me as the Masked Man and then mm. top build, Remy and Karen. I was like, that was kind of cool. Yeah. But the coolest thing that came out of all this, I was in Times Square. And you know that big one of the big screens? There's the big commercials. Yeah. Big and I didn't know ones, yeah. we were on it. So I'm there with my kids and Hadley's six at this point. Oh, that's cool. And I'm holding his hand. We're just looking around. And oh, he just screams, Baba, it's you. Oh. I look up and there's me as Valjean. Ripping my shirt off. I was like, <laughs> I know exactly what image you're talking about. Yeah. I was like, holy. Then I felt like, you know, a bit of a hero for him. And then when the commercial ended, I look away and he goes, 
Bubba, it's you again. And there I am as the Phantom. They're using oh, me as the Phantom. I was like, this is so great. Now, <laughs> like, oh, this is like this is what daddy does <laughs> so it's not so much what I see of myself it's seeing the reaction of like from my kids or my wife yeah. or my friends they kind of make me feel cool about it you know yeah what a special moment to have with your kids that's too that's great for the, for the morale like for everything it just reminds you of why you do what you do yeah especially yeah. when there's distance because they live in England so yeah. oh yeah it's one of those things where you think I'm doing the right choice right this yeah. is the right thing to do yeah Derek Honestly, I, I swear I have the same story. I would have to agree. I, the, the, my wow moment was years later and walking down the street with my daughter uh-huh. and wife and on those big screens and, and seeing the, uh, the Wicked commercial. And, then, yeah. and my, 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 my daughter's going, there you are, daddy, there you are. And it's just like it was, it was such a cool moment. I mean, because when we came up, you know, those billboards were a really big deal. And they weren't flashy like they are now. But no. it was just pictures like the old school billboards mm-hmm. and it stayed. Um, For you millennials, billboards used to be non-moving, <laughs> structured <laughs> items that just look like a page out of a magazine right. high in the sky. Right, not like Vegas like it is now. Happy to help. <laughs> um, so that, was, that, that, that to me was a really huge moment because I just remember walking walking around seeing the billboards you know back in the <clears throat> 90s and uh, <laughs> and 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 just looking up going I would I would love to be up here one day and when I saw that it, it really blew me away and and to have my daughter and wife see that it just it really meant a lot to me are you in a show i know you are do you want to add some Broadway flair to your school or community theater production? Well, PlayBuilder lets you build your very own Broadway-quality Playbill program. Each Playbill is fully customizable for your production. Dates, song title, cast names, production credits, artwork, and even advertising. It's a great way to promote your show, raise money for your organization, and create a professional, printable program. Save valuable time with PlayBuilder Express. Select from thousands of pre-populated programs in our database and simply begin to customize your production. Playbill. Visit playbuilder.com to learn how you can create your own playbill today. So let's talk about a little bit about the ideas surrounding diversity. And I and I think this is a really great launching point for that, Derek. Mm-hmm. As you're looking at the at the Wicked commercial and seeing yourself up there, it's a starring role as Fierro, mm-hmm. and you're the first African American man to play that role. Mm-hmm. What is the weight of that as an actor? What is special about that? You know, I, I didn't really I didn't I didn't put it together how big it was when the moment was happening. Um, I, I knew I could do it. Wayne Salento, uh, when I got the job, uh, when, when I was, cause I started out as a swing in, in the show. That's right. Um, and I remember me walking in and the first thing Wayne said, cause I got hired late. You guys were rehearsing because Ben and I did this together. We, uh, originated, we've been original company of Wicked. Thanks and, for pointing that out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so Ben and them, they started, everyone started about four weeks before I did. And I, I got hired late because I think uh, Tice left and they moved somebody up and I became the swing. I think that's how it worked. And uh, as soon as I walked in the room, Wayne, you know, Wayne being Wayne, it's like, this is the guy who should be playing Fierro. But, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got hired. <laughs> but yeah. thank you, Wayne. I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, but I, I went to Joe one day and I walked, went up to him and said uh, we were in San Francisco. Doing Joe who? Joe Montello. That's the He's one. amazing, by the way. Uh, we were doing the out of town trial and I went up to him and said, hey, you know, I, I really think. And, I, and it took all of me to do this. But I was like, I really think I could do this. And he said, okay, okay. Uh, and I was like, oh, and he was just like, you know, well, you know, we have Chris, you know, Cusick who's covering right now, yeah, but you know, yeah, we'll see. And uh, I was like, all right, thanks. And I kind of walked away with my head down, meaning, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. But we got back to New York and opened it up and they gave me the cover. And that was kind of the start. And, uh, you know, when, so when I, when, I, when I got hired to do the tour, I actually was doing, I got hired right before I had to do Sweet Charity on, on Broadway uh-huh. and decided to do the national tour of Wicked instead 
And at the, at the time, like I was saying, coming back around to that, I didn't realize how big it was. But I tell you what, when I was, I was at the gym working out probably a couple years later, and this young kid came, young black kid came up to me and he said, um, you know, I saw you, uh, I saw you as Fiero. And uh, I just got to tell you, it meant the world to me. And it made me realize that I can do these other parts. And it's, it's, it's not just, I'm not just limited. He said, it doesn't limit, it doesn't limit me. My, my skin color does not limit me. And I'm, he's saying that. And it, it shook me. And, and mm. uh, I think I walked away. And I, I don't know if I, I didn't, I don't know if I cried, but I was, it just meant, it, it went, it showed me how much that, how much that moment went, meant to a lot, a lot of kids out there. Mm. So it was, um, it, it was great. But I've also been on the other side of that as well. Yeah. You know, I, um, when they brought back Greece, I can't remember which time because it's been back a couple times, quite a few times. It keeps coming it back. It keeps coming you back. You can't yeah. stop it. Um, <laughs> but I was up for Kaniki. Okay. And and this is the, this is the honest God truth. My agent, we were trying to figure out what was happening. I went in a couple times and it was great. I felt like I kept doing the same thing over and over again. They loved me. So I thought anyway. So, But the first thing they told me, they said, you know, after after the final callback, they called my, my, my agent called me and she said, hey, um, so... They still love it. They're just trying to figure out what to do. They just haven't found uh, a black Rizzo. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I ended up, they, I guess they didn't find one because I did not get it. And, uh, and isn't that interesting that they like felt that they that had to, to be, have that yeah, piece of the puzzle? Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, I, it made, I got to say, it, it, shook, it didn't shake me, but I was like, wow, okay. Uh, but I guess they felt like they needed to put the two people together hmm. for, for some reason, you know. And, and it's, it's, it's a tricky game. I mean, I, I get it. To some extent, it should it should not matter, mm. but but for some people it does, you know. Mm. And you know, some people have their vision and whatever that vision may be, uh, you know. And it's, it doesn't make it right because it should not matter at all. But it, the fact is, it, it continues to come up. It continues to matter, mm. and um, it really shouldn't, you know, because I think people are gifted enough and people are open enough to just. And use their imagination. When people come to the theater, they come. You know, people people get it. Suspend their disbelief. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. you know, we should we should be able to in casting as well. Should be able to put that aside and just hire the best person available. Yeah. But it, to be honest, it, it just I don't know if it ever will be that way because huh. uh, it's definitely not that way. And uh, but I think people try. They do their best. They really do. I sure. think it's. I also feel like should you force somebody to uh, hire hire somebody because because of the color of their skin? I mean, mm-hmm. are we going to make this part black? See, I don't... I think that's... You should hire the I think that's not right either. It's like, well, this is the part that we're going to make black or this is the part that we're going ethnic. And to me, that's just like... And I, think that's not, those, I don't know if that's great either. You some know? of those things seem to be kind of changing and becoming a little bit more fluid. I'll turn to you, Ramin, now. Um, we were talking just a moment ago about uh, you're getting visited by your sweet Iranian mother, you were saying. Yeah. Um, when you took on such iconic roles, uh, Jean Valjean, Phantom, Raoul, you know, what was kind of the response around that uh, for roles that were probably very typically done by straight up white guys? Or... Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's funny when we talk diversity and whatnot, yeah. it's... I'm still trying to figure out where this Iranian fits into it all. It's whether it's hindered or helped me. I don't know, and I I hope it's neither. I just hope it you just do what you do and certainly. But um, it's what's great is you get a lot of Middle Eastern because growing up, you know, no way you're gonna be an actor. You're gonna be a doctor. You're gonna be a scientist or something. Right. I'm like, no way. My grades don't show that. <laughs> like I'm, I'm the enforcer on the hockey team. Right? Yeah, yeah. You saw me get in the fight. You were there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So I get a lot of you know Middle Eastern kids and students coming up saying how it's inspired them, and I think that's pretty amazing. Although I still don't know what to do with that responsibility, you know, I just yeah. it, I get shy about that. But if that's having a positive effect, and great, you know, and it's 
It's great. I feel proud, especially, you know, being an Iranian to be the first, probably <laughs> the only Iranian to ever be the Phantom or Valjean. Yeah. But whether people talk about it for that reason, they, they don't. But, yeah. you know, being Iranian, I don't know where the culture that fits these days. Yeah. Um, especially over here politically and stuff. It's just... I remember when thing, yeah. that ban happened. I was still in England, and the Anastasia producer was like, where was Ramin born? Iran. They were like, <laughs> uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. get back. The oh, lawyers are phoning God. up Hold like, okay, this. load of paperwork came my way. Really? Take this. Lawyers will be waiting for you at departure just in case, at arrivals. But I think yeah. the payoff really comes in hearing from these young Middle Eastern men who are going, they've never seen anything like you, that they can go, That's I'm like that. Maybe. Yeah, and you, you know, know? You, I get certain... DMs and messages, especially people in some of those countries where you know they're not allowed to sing, they're not allowed mm. to send messages like that. Wow. And wow. This one who sent me singing a song, who's now I think she's in Vancouver now, and she was like, "I couldn't do this back home." And mm. when you see that, I'm like, "Wow!" That's great. Makes That's you realize like how lucky we are, yeah. how lucky we are, how and the mantle of of what you're of what you're doing. Yeah. And I was going and I was going to say that, and to, to to reiterate, like I actually have most of my career have been on the positive side of it you know i gotta say that i'm i'm, I'm very grateful I'm, I'm very blessed and to um but i, I do I, I have been on the other side but i can I, I don't know how many times i have but i i know one in particular which is the one i told you but for the most part i have had opportunities uh yeah. that were mainly for white people or uh, you know uh, the white leading male and i and i've had those opportunities and i've and i've i've gotten them so uh, you can do it you know yeah. you just you know sometimes you just got to put all that aside and just do your best and hope for the best right so you know? i'll turn it to you say yeah i've absolutely had that that's yeah well, I mean, experience even like. starting with this idea of of in rent of we people probably thought of me in a certain way based mm-hmm. on on how that was done and also uh first african-american woman to play alphabet mm-hmm. uh in mm-hmm. wicked mm-hmm. talk to me about that yeah it was um it was definitely a a big a big thing for um, a lot of young people, because I would get the same, the letters, the correspondence, yeah. Did you feel it right away, that. though, when, when you were when, cast in that role? And I'll said, tell you. Oh. I'll tell you. I was I was in Atlanta at the time. Um, after I had done Aida on Broadway, I'd done the tour, and then I did Aida on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, I left that show, and I went back to Atlanta. It's kind of like the what else, you know, after, like, like what he described. And um, I ended up doing The Color Purple there, and I got this call about um, auditioning for Wicked. And then there was this other show. I can't even remember what the other show was. Right. Okay. And I told my agent, I listened to the Wicked music and then I, I was reading up this other show. I was like, I don't even want to focus on that. But the other show was looking for a black 20 something girl, blah, 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 you know. And Wicked was looking for a green 20 something <laughs> girl, blah, blah, blah. I'm listening to it and I said, you know, time, I only had like a week to prepare. And I said to them, I said, you know what? I want to just focus on this one thing. I know that this looks like it's going to be more of my type and more of a shoe. And I said, but, you know, I remember I had my little beetle at the time, one of those new bugs, you know, they're very cute. Yes. I was driving my VW and I was listening to Defying Gravity. and I was just like, something was going through me. I was like, nah, I need it. Yeah. This one's going to be mine, man. And um, at the time, Adina was, was going out Mm -hmm. and um, I guess they were trying to decide if they were going to bump Shoshana up or not. And um, I, I, they ended up flying me in to do a makeup test to just see how the green would look on me. And I did my makeup test. And um, I want to say a week or so later, I found out that I was going to be the standby. Mm-hmm. And so I came in and I was at Wicked um, for about three and a half years, I want to say, I think. Either three, two and a half, three and a half years, something like that. 
And they all sort of run together after a while. But um, that, you know, that when time. When you've been in so many of the wonderful big Broadway shows. Yeah, no, I'm so thankful for it. But, it, you know, that time, Ben Vereen came in at yeah, that time. Yeah, he sure did. Ben Vereen came in. And, I was going to say something about that. Yeah. I wish you could all see Rob Mean's face when she said Ben Vereen. He, I'm doing yeah. this for my wife as well. That's her favorite. Oh, did she oh, love Ben Vereen? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was standing on the side of the stage when I was singing. And he goes, say cool, say cool. He didn't say my name right. But we love <laughs> we love Ben Vereen. And his, his dressing room smelled like incense. It's sure. He's so like special and magical, you know. Um, but like as a standby, I did a lot of. In addition to doing the show, whenever the main girl would be sick, whomever that would be, because w- there were several during my time there, mm-hmm. it was a blessing that I was able to to do the show and, and rehearse and, and have all that time and paid off my student loans. It was quite nice. a blessing. Um, yeah. that that show. Yeah, I mean, do, it, but do you do you remember? When uh, there was one time, and it really it, it well, took, were it, three of us. It on was a moment that three of us, three of us were on. I was Fierro, uh-huh. she was Alphaba, and Ben Marie was was, was, the was with. So you know, oh, yeah. and, so you really gotta you know you gotta <laughs> give a hand to uh, you know was it three two one management? That's, yeah, that's what they call it. David Stone Productions, Chelsea Casting, Chelsea Casting. I mean, they yeah. they really put that together and they, and they put it aside. And all three, I, I remember looking around and going, man, all three of us up here together mm-hmm. doing this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a moment. It was it was a moment. It was a big moment. And I applaud them because it was great. I mean, and, and the show was great. We had a great Absolutely. show. Absolutely, yeah. really did. And now Shirley Ralph, I believe. I don't yeah, know if she, she's still there. She she's is. um, uh, Madame Morrible. Yeah, and her ben, pretty self. Ben Vereen yeah. would go. They love you. <laughs> yeah, he'll go. He'll, he'll go. Say you, tell you some magical something. Keep it going. Yeah. All right, I'm they love you. I love it. He's, he's so good. I'm going to so. skip onto the stage. I'm going to talk about this idea that you were talking about, some of these roles being so massive that there's no way. You, you've got to preserve yourself in so many ways. And I know certainly yeah. for you, Ramin, these roles that you have to carry so much of the show and Alpha Bun. What is uh, What kind of is the trick to maintaining that kind of schedule? I, I wanted to say something about the fact that... Yes, please do. You know, I've been enjoying doing television. Yeah. Um, lately, and film and stuff lately, and, and plays. I've been doing a lot more straight plays. You got lately. your Tony nomination for doing a play, a, a straight play, exactly. Which is nice. Yeah, that's yeah. got to feel real, real good. Yeah, and you'll see me in In the Blood this fall at um, the Signature Theater play. Great, Susan Lloyd Parks. Um, but oh, wow. not having to be a slave to my voice has has been really good. I hate to <laughs> say that. I mean, I I. I I, I mean, to this day, I'm not really a big drinker. I've always had like a wine allergy. I'm one of those people that's like the tannins, the sulfites, all that. So oh, like a wine allergy, my heart is broken. I know. Jesus, I don't know. I know. How do but you survive even, show business? But even before that, I would wait until Sunday to drink or wait until yeah. Sunday to go out or hang out because I knew that Monday I had that day off to do vocal rest or to rest. But mm-hmm. doing eight shows a week, I, I definitely you can't eat everything you want. You have to maintain yourself a certain way, work out. I mean, there's you 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 become a little bit of a slave, you know. A water is mm. is good, of course, but like, I mean, you want to be able to hit those notes and and the anxiety. I'd say over the years, my anxiety has gotten worse, not better, just because oh. of the pressure. You get a call, somebody says, "Hey," even if you're not doing a show eight times a week, you get a call, "Hey, can you do this song on Friday?" And it's Monday, and so you're learning the song, some new song. Yeah. By the time Friday comes, you're in front of like a thousand people, and you're like, you know, it's not necessarily. Uh, no matter how many times you do it, you can always still get nervous and you're worried about, are you going to be able to hit those notes? Are yeah. your, is your voice going to be what people want it to be? It's a lot of pressure I to think maintain. I doubly so with music that people know so very well. Do you yes. find this to be the case, Ramin, with, with something like Phantom and, and Les Mis? Yeah, you know, but as at some point in my career, I remember, without getting to the personal story, I got a sense of contentment. I thought, you know what? I'm not out to be perfect every night. I want to mm. show the imperfections. Yeah. I don't care if I crack. I'll be there. I'm in it to win it. 
and I'm not making an album every night. So when I took that pressure off myself, I thought, you know what, just go be human. And for something like Valjean, I gained 20 pounds for that. I almost got up to 200 pounds. I was having 5,000 calories a day. I was bodybuilding in between shows. So it became a slave to routine. Well, I, had to right. my, I had to be big and rip my shirt off. Yeah. They saw it. You know? I want to yeah, thank yeah. you for it. <laughs> I, I want you to know that we as audience members appreciated that. But it just, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to go tell a story. And if it got to a point where I can't, then you can. There's another study. You know, these roles back in the day didn't write them like this. Mm. What they're asking right. of people nowadays is Yeah, there was no insane. social media. All the stuff that we do now compounded onto the eight shows a week, life was just different. Yeah. But also, oh, yeah. Yeah. also Stephen Aramis has just changed the game. I mean, everybody's... Yeah. <laughs> he's, just take, like, he's just taking everything up. So we're all, yeah. we're, all, right we're, here, all, yeah. we're all screaming now. It's yeah. a week. Squelching. You guys kind of have, have had these wonderful careers so you've been able to go from show to show to show. Is there anything that you can impart to our listeners that is maybe a hint or a guide to longevity and, and keeping moving forward in, in this career? I know you kind of mentioned earlier, Ramin, you're like, is this it? You said the same thing, Derek, like, I've achieved this thing that I wanted so badly. Right. What are the tips? I really feel like a journeyman or journeywoman actress. I really yeah. do. I, I see how every every little thing I do, I'm just chugging away. I just keep chugging away. But one thing that has nothing to do with your performance, has nothing to do with your talent, is like really remaining genuine and kind. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. people do not want people. We spend when you're doing theater, you spend too much time around people. If they have a sense that you're a jerk, they will not hire you. Having confidence, but yet being just being naturally like just being likable, being kind to people. Mm-hmm. Go. I mean, I'm telling you, there's been many times I feel like I got parts. Not because I was the prettiest, the tallest, the skinniest, the best singer, but because people were like, she was good and I like her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I You get a sense of, of people enjoying being around you. And that's important because don't nobody want to be with no jerk. No, don't nobody want to spend time You were absolutely right. It, you know? Well, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think lately a lot of students and kids come up to me. And I think nowadays people forget to take their own initiative. I think they're all looking for that one. Give me that one advice to make it happen. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. not one. And it, it kind of hurts my heart a bit when I'm like, not one of them stepped into a library. Look at, hold a book. Stop, get off your phone. Right. You know, and some, uh, Seth Avett from the Avett Brothers, who I consider a friend, he, he's, he once said to me, we were talking about songwriting, he goes, if you're uninspired, it's your fault. Hmm. Yeah. There's so many ways to keep yourself inspired. So like for me, for eight shows a week, for a year, nine months, how do you keep it fresh? Well, I watch movies. I listen to music. I read a book. I go to a museum. Things will just, life will st- stick something out and you think, oh, I'm going to use that tonight. I'm going to use this. But it's up to you to stay inspired. It's up to you to go after your goals. And and be out there in the world experiencing the world because yeah. that's where it all comes from. And I think if Absolutely. you're kind, you're a good human and inspired. Uh, Derek? Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with them, uh, with both of you. And, um, you know, so kind of hit on the head. I think, you know, your, all, you, all you have is your... Reputation, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and and it sticks with you. It, yeah. it really does. Yeah. And you know, the biggest thing for for me, I've been very lucky. I've been very lucky to be uh, a part of hits. Mm-hmm. You know, I know uh, that sounds crazy, but I've been very blessed to be hit after hit after hit after hit. So I've been able to, if I want to sit down, you know, like for me, you know, when I did my first, when I got my first Broadway principal gig, my wife got pregnant. And, you know, before I that, I was, before that, that uh-huh. you, you know, and we know before yeah. that, Ben and I were doing shows together. We were hopping from show to show to show to show. What's next? Oh, I'm going to do Aida. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Let's go. Yeah. And then let's go do Wicked. Cool. It's going to be great. And you got pregnant. And all of a sudden I was like, you want a new contract? You want another contract? Sure do. Uh-huh. <laughs> you want to resign? I sure do. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, I, you know, I became that guy. But then I went, to, you know, and I was able to, you know, but because I think of my attitude and because of who I was and the kind of person I am, 
they liked having me around. And people like, you know, I remember Wayne told me uh, years ago, he was like, God, I, I keep you around because you make me laugh. And I'm like, well, I'll keep tap dancing over here as long as you want me to. Waka, 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 waka. Yeah. Right now, <laughs> you know, okay. and but I mean, I think that means, you know, it's 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 something about being humble, you know, be confident, but also be humble. And it's it's, it's a big thing. And, and I would also say as advice to someone young out there and, and want to come, come and do this, you know, do it all. Try to do it all. Don't just be a singer. Don't just be a yeah. dancer. Yeah, don't just don't just act. Absolutely. You really want to. Do it all because, like we know, we, we you know you start you, sometimes you start an ensemble, you know, you, and or you start as a standby, whatever yeah. the case may be, and you cover parts and you work your way up, and you mm-hmm. feel more confident, and you get the next thing, you get the next thing. So if you're dancing at first, and you but you know how to sing, you're going to move up, you're going to move up, you're going to get better, you're going to get more confident, and that's the thing. And, and I think that Confidence when you so key. when you yeah. do all three, you get the long, you get longevity. And that's the big thing, you know. When you, when you can do it all, you're able to keep you you're work in this pocket and work in that pocket and work mm-hmm. in that pocket, and that that gives you the longevity to do more and more and more. Yeah, and I think you also if I can say is you may don't worry about always trying to please everyone mm-hmm. ah. you don't have to be everyone's best friend that doesn't mean you have That's to be a jerk true. but like you know when it comes when I'm at the theater I like to just be on stage and stay in my room I, I just want to focus yourself. during the show you know I like my downtime afterwards if we all want to hang out I would you know mm-hmm. if I see the cast we it's fun in the wings or I see them on the way to work but when the show starts I want to focus on that and just Absolutely. use all my energy for on stage because yeah. I enjoy that so much but you, you know, especially with Have social media, focused. as you said, yeah. stop reading about yourself and don't worry about pleasing everyone. <laughs> yeah. Ding, 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 ding. All right, friends, I know you love Broadway, and I can only imagine that if you're anything like me, you love a good vacation. So why not combine the two and take a Broadway-themed vacation with Playbill? Playbill Travel has been hosting the biggest fans of Broadway all over the world on incredible week-long cruises that get you up close and personal with the biggest stars of Broadway. I'm not joking. One night you can hear an amazing and intimate performance by, I don't know, let's say Tony Award winner and gorgeous human being Christine Ebersol, And the next morning you'll be going on an incredible excursion through Iceland with her. If you don't believe me, check out PlaybillTravel.com to take a look at Playbill's latest cruise up the Rhone River in France, where guests and Broadway stars had the time of their lives. Playbill Travel has three amazing cruises lined up between now and July of next year, so head to PlaybillTravel.com to book your soon-to-be-most-favorite vacation ever. So one of the things that I love so very much about what we do here at the Broadway cast, we get an opportunity to speak not only to each other, but we get to reach out and have conversations with people who are involved in theater all across the country, all across the world with our community theater shout out. (laughs) Um, So we have a special guest who we're going to uh, bring into the conversation right now. Her name is Roz. She is from Greensboro, North Carolina. And she's going to tell us a little bit about what they're working on out there. So, hi, is this Roz? It is. Hi, Roz. This is uh, Ben Cameron. I'm the host of the Broadway cast, and you're here on the Broadway cast with Sekon Senglo, Ramin Karamlu, and Derek Williams. How are you today, Roz? I am doing well. How is everybody doing? We're good. feeling pretty good. Pretty good. Excellent. Hey, good. Roz. We're good, just good, fellowshipping good. and having a little conversation. Roz, tell us a little bit. We'd love to hear about what you're up to in, uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. Well, I am the Youth Programs Director uh, for community theater. I've been there almost um, 17 years. Wow. And we, uh, the organization has been around for 64 years. Wow. And um, I'm in charge of all the youth programs, the after school programs, the summer camps, um, the youth productions that we do. So we just finished a two week run uh, or two week camp of Into the Woods Junior with. 72 nice. kids split up between three casts. Wow. Um, so we had a great run of that, and now we're working on Susical and opening that next 
weekend and then move into Legally Blonde Junior. So we stay busy. <laughs> Raj, Legally Blonde Junior. Junior. Uh-huh. I love that they it's do ver- the junior. junior versions. That's of excellent. Everything. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the junior versions are great. It gives, know, you know, so many kids, you know, who wouldn't have the opportunity to play certain roles, yeah. gives them, you know, the chance to experience. So That's really good. Well, I think for anybody here, if, if we hadn't had the opportunity to have people encourage us and give us the opportunity, roles wouldn't be mm-hmm. where we are. Absolutely. Um, so of what, course. You're, what you're doing is amazing, Roz. I wonder, do you uh, do you have any uh, questions for our panel? Is there anything you'd like to know from Sekhan, Ramin, or Derek? Um, so, of course, you know, all the kids, you know, of course, they, the, the typical question is, what would you say to anybody who wants to make it on Broadway? But that's not going to be my question. Okay. Um, <laughs> my question is from... From a teacher, as I call myself, who does inspire young people and, you know, tries to teach them to don't give up on your dreams. Um, what kind of advice for us um, as a as a director and a, and a teacher can we give to students? What kind of advice did you take from people that you looked up to as you were coming along that they gave you to help you keep pushing towards where you are now? You know, I, I think what you're doing is unbelievable. Uh, I, I know my community teacher, if you will, uh, meant the world to me. And, you know, and what you're doing is, you know, you're keeping kids off the streets doing other things and you're teaching them the arts, which is, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to realize that. And that's big. That's, that's a lot. And that to me, that's big enough. So what you're doing is great. But, uh, you know, honestly, you just got to be honest with them and just keep pushing them and, 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 and stay with them and, and be there for them. I think that's the main thing, but just keep teaching them the arts because that, you know, having that focus on that, and not on other things is is fantastic and it's big. Uh, it's Ramin here, Great. and I would say just they just need to keep showing up. You know, consistency mm-hmm. will lead to longevity, and the more they show up, the more they learn, the more they'll exercise their skills and get that confidence to do that. But it, it's just you right. know patience and consistency. Mm-hmm. I'd say. And I would offer hi Sekhan here. Um, hi, hi. I would offer <laughs> that uh, they have a really clear focus. Focus is so important. My my mentor, Freddie Hendricks, he always says to me, focus, focus, you know, um, that if the students can take their their work as dancers, as singers, um, as directors or whatever the different little parts that they get to play, um, that they take those roles seriously and they put just as much respect to them as they would their math or their reading or, you mm-hmm. know, writing class. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. But you doing what you're doing, you being there with them. And allowing allowing them to have this outlet is is, is really big. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that's applaud. I, I applaud you for doing what you do. And Roz, I had the oh, opportunity. This you. is this is Ben, but I had the opportunity to read your mission statement of the theater, and it's and it's so wonderful. And just I love the last sentence of us. We cherish diversity and non traditional casting as a priority mm-hmm. for us. So keep on keeping on, Roz. Uh, what you're doing is tremendous, and we have to let you go now. Oh. But we love you, and thank you so much oh, for talking to you. us. Thank you so much. Thank best. you to everyone. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye, Roz. Bye, Roz. Bye, bye. I like Roz. <laughs> All right. Uh, so just final sweet. thoughts. Just final thoughts as we as we wrap up and 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 tell us why is diversity in theater important and tell us um, what's coming down the pike for you and what people should be looking out for you. I know you guys have your shows and all, but go for it, Taycon. Um, I think diversity is important because it it gives people an opportunity to see things a different way. I was recently in a production of Merrily We Roll Along. Um, oh yeah, yeah, out, Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah, out in Beverly Hills at the Wallace Annenberg. 
theater and um, we had Amir Talai was playing. Uh, he's also Iranian American actor that was playing my husband. And we had uh, Wayne Brady. I mean, it was it was a really multicultural version. And people kept coming up to us saying, I've never seen a show like this. I thought of the characters so differently from seeing them in this way. And so it opens people's eyes. Number one, um, for me coming down the pike, I mentioned before, um, I'm going to be at the Signature Theater um, playing Hester in in the blood, uh, which I'm really excited about. And I have a couple of independent movies that I'm probably going to be in. We close the deal. Um, just <laughs> quick little something. And I'm really looking forward to that. And also uh, a movie I shot with Ernest director, Ernest Dickerson called double play. That's very exciting. Yes. Look for it. People Ramin. Well, you know, diversity is important because it, like you say, it, it um, you can make people see it again or hear it again for the first time in a new way. You know, it's real life is diverse. And why yes. can't we, can we have that on stage? And, there's many ways you can tell the story and different shapes and sizes can tell that story and bring a different uh, interpretation to it. And it's all valid. And so we get that in real life. We should get that on stage and let people, you know, see it for the first time again, whether it's a revival or something new. And I think that's so important because it's an education at the end of the day. And that's what's yeah. in the pipeline, you know, Anastasia for... The next little while, yeah. and then my band. It's like music theater meets bluegrass. So, nice. oh, yeah. so on paper, it's a disaster, but it works. You know, Derek. Final thoughts. Yeah, I, I think like again, like you both said, diversity is very important. Um, I think it should be you know the best person for the job, and I think casting needs to keep an open mind. But I also believe that people of color and, and uh, ethnic people need to start doing their own stuff, producing their own stuff and writing their own things uh, as well, because I think that also helps. Um, but also, that being said, when, when things get written, you know, now other people have to come and support it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's a big thing, because you can have a full you can have an all black show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the yeah, thing is, well, black. you know, if people don't come. You know, then then it's not, it's not going to work. Bottom line, get you know, out there and support. You got to get out and support. You know, so yeah. when when this when the stuff is there, you got to get out and support. I mean, that's the main thing. Uh, me was coming out. Let me see. I just actually I just filmed a movie today. I'm not sure when it's actually coming out. It's a movie called Braid. Um, that's what I was doing before. I had this little callback, not a little big callback. Excuse me. Yeah, and uh, You'll keep us up to date on that. Oh, yo, you know, yeah, I, will. Right. I, I, will. I will. I will. I will. I will. And uh, you book know, juice. We're sending book of juice at you. Let me see what else. You can see me Thursdays playing softball in Central Park. And crushing it. It's a good. It's a good time. Do you do that, Ramin? Do you take part in the bowl, in the softball? This year we didn't really have a team. No, no, because by the time we were up and running, up, it yeah. already started. But I did with Lamez. That was you a lot did. of fun. It's, it's such a, it's great a good day. time. It's a I good wish time. we could have when I was doing um, Eclipse. Um, shout out to my Eclipse sisters. Yeah. Um, I wish we could have. That would have been fun, but we didn't. Yeah, I don't think it was. I guess the time of the year it was. I did. It depends too if you're coming yeah. up into opening. We want to say thank you to our tremendous panel today. We want to say thank you to Sekon Sanglo, Ramin Karimlu, and Derek Williams. I'm your Broadway buddy. Ben Cameron, I'm saying have a great show. Make sure you join us next week when it is all about the plays and we welcome Tony nominee Shalita Grant, Olivier award-winning writer and actor Henry Lewis, and Emmy nominee Allison Wright. Make sure you don't miss a single episode and subscribe to us on iTunes. And now you can listen to Playbill Presents the Broadway cast on Spotify. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media platforms at the Broadway cast.